Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. I've got a video coming up. Uh, it's it's kind of hilarious. You know, there's a lot of serious stuff going on. But do you remember the, the Crichton, Alabama, that neighborhood of Crichton in, uh, around Mobile? The famous leprechaun story. If... Uh, a lot of stuff. Joe's seen it. Stay tuned for that. I promise. We've got a lot of serious material today, too, but I got that coming up. Um, and also, listen um, to the liberals out there shifting gears and the uh, bureaucracy and the uh, the Democrats in charge right now, notably the Biden administration. Stop playing dumb. Signaling matters. How you talk about things matter. I'm going to prove it to you and how they're talking about things that are co- It's the very act of the way they talk about it that is causing more problems, whether it's oil, national security, Ukraine. We'll get to that, too. Also, is China having second thoughts and two systems of, quote, justice? What happened with the truckers yesterday was unforgivable. Um, New rules theory is back. And also, the New York Times finally acknowledges uh, we were right the entire time about Hunter Biden. They're only about a year and a half too late. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, here we go, brother. (laughs) Man, I was so convinced you were going to do one of... An Irish uh, accent uh, and saying, uh, well, I'm so convinced you were going to do I'm so sure you were <laughs> looking for me. I threw you a curveball yeah, there. I was, I was, yeah, you did throw me a curveball there. I'm knowing you like I know you, but that's okay. I'm, sometimes I'm wrong. So Democrats, dear Democrats, liberal media buffoon, stop playing dumb. Signaling matters. How you talk about things matter. We live in a market, not just an economic market, but a market for national security services and elsewhere, where how you talk about things, and if you talk about them the wrong way, can make a bad event that wouldn't have happened otherwise happens. Everybody, let me explain to you what I mean here. Whether it's inflation, whether it's national defense, whether it's energy, whether it's immigration, you saying something can cause a bad event that wouldn't have happened to happen. In other words, if you say and you signal with a wink and a nod, you get it, Joe? Hey, listen, yeah. you know, when I get into office, we're not going to prosecute illegal immigrants. We're not going to turn them over to ICE. Yeah. That just may, in a sane world, incentivize people who want to come to the country illegally to come to the country illegally in mass. It's not like that ever happened, though, right? Huh. It actually did. Here's what I mean. Signals matter. How you talk about things matter. This is who you voted for. Here's Joe Biden two years ago. Hat tip RNC research. It pulled this up. Talking about illegal immigration, asked a simple question. If we catch people at the border, will you turn them over to ICE if they're entering the country illegally? Clear as day, Joe Biden sent a signal what was going to happen, and that signal is going to lead to the story that broke yesterday that I'm going to get to you in a second. Check this out. Vice President Biden, you opposed sanctuary cities as a presidential candidate in 2007. Where do you stand now? Should undocumented immigrants arrested by local police be turned over to immigration officials? No. There you go. Signals matter. Signals matter. How you talk matters. People heard that. How do we know they've heard that? Because you've got 100,000 plus, 150,000 plus people. Those are just the ones we know about crossing the border illegally ever since Biden got into office. Those numbers weren't, weren't anywhere close to those numbers under Trump. Why? Because signals and how you talk about things matter. Look at this story. Here's what makes me bring this up today in relationship to this immigration, national defense, inflation, and more stuff. Axios, John Swan and Steph W. Knight, or uh, Kite. Scoop. Biden officials fear a mass migration event if COVID policies end. A ma- you mean a mass, ma- where do you have a mass migration event? It's a mass, mass migration event? Here's the story here they're reporting. Title 42, which has been used uh, to deport people, especially under the Trump administration, under um, under this uh, COVID emergency, 
They can turn you around and send you back. They should be able to turn you around and send you back if you're here illegally. It seems kind of obvious, no? But Title 42 has to be renewed every 60 days. The Biden administration is seriously considering dumping Title 42 in April. Ladies and gentlemen, without Title 42 and without an administration that's going to turn people over to ICE, uh, either prosecute them or send them back if to, come, to enter the country legally, not via illegal routes. If that ends in April, you think the migration, the illegal migration we've had now is bad? Folks, this is just the beginning. Now, instead of the Biden administration looking to do something significant and send a message, hey, please, you cannot, you cannot come here. We are going to prosecute. We are going to prosecute for the crime of not entering to a port of entry in the United States. They're talking about, quote, if you read the piece, it's in the newsletter, coordinating flights between, quote, DHS facilities using Department of Defense and U.S. Marshal Service uh, aircraft and, and, and private flights using these two entities. Sounds to me like they're planning to do the same thing they've been doing the whole time, pursuant to another mass migration. Just throw people on planes and transport them around the country. Signals matter. How you talk about something matters. This is what you voted for on the left. You voted for people who don't, who, who, who don't understand that words from the president of the United States' mouth have meaning. Words from the president's cabinet have meaning. Here's our energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, Biden's energy secretary. She's at a clean energy conference. She's asked about clean energy. Clean energy. We're in the middle of this massive crisis right now. We need oil and gas, period. We don't need pipe dreams about windmills that Obama and the Martha's Vineyard crowd don't want. We don't need pipe dreams about solar and all this other stuff. We need it now. You want to build that stuff in the future? Great. I love solar. It's a good idea if you can afford it. It's not the solution now. Here's Granholm's answer. Again, signaling they are totally not serious Signaling that this crisis, you would think a serious person would say what? This crisis in gas prices and fuel, what would a serious person say, Joe? They'd say, well, this is an opportunity now yep. to develop our vast resource of petrochemicals and get the damn gas in the pumps cheaper. Nope, not at all. Signaling. Here's Granholm suggesting, no, no, this is just an opportunity to push more uh, green energy crap through Congress that has no chance of bringing down the price at the pump. Matter of fact, it's going to raise your electric bill. Check this out. There is a lot of conversation that is happening right now in, in saying that this crisis in, uh, in Europe and the crisis our allies are facing and the reduction of supply of uh, natural gas and oil from Russia creates a moment that we should be acting. I mean, we heard President Zelensky. We do not want to see uh, any country that is held hostage to Vladimir Putin. And this is a moment for Congress to be able to act. She's not talking about pumping more oil, folks. Signaling matters. Therefore, when the energy secretary under the Biden administration does not talk seriously or talks down the production of oil and gas, just like Biden talked down prosecutions of illegal immigrants, what happens? The oil markets respond. The futures markets respond. The price of oil is not going to come down dramatically until hard commitments are made, shockingly, to produce more oil. Supply, demand, supply, demand, supply, demand. Intersection, market clearing price, Econ 101, Charlie Brown's Encyclopedia. Anyone heard of it? These people aren't serious. Signaling matters. Signaling matters. How you talk about things matter. Here's another example. Another radical leftist who seems to be dominating the Biden administration right now from the U.S. Senate. Fake Indian Elizabeth Warren. Here's Elizabeth Warren on a news network the other day, business news network, talking about inflation, another crisis. Now, you would think if you wanted to signal like you want to signal the oil markets to bring the price down, you're going to produce more oil and signal to illegal immigrants not to come here by telling them you're going to arrest and prosecute you would think you'd want to signal in an inflation crisis caused by printing more money that we're going to print less money and control government spending, which would require us to print less money if we control government spending. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Here's Elizabeth Warren signaling that now the inflation's not an issue with the government spending and stuff. It's actually greedy oil companies, greedy meat producers and all that. It's weird how greed just started under the Biden administration, isn't it? Yeah. Here, check this out. And if I were to read a lot of what you've said and written, 
uh, I would leap to the conclusion that you think the primary cause of it is corporate greed, whether it's the oil companies, whether it's software companies, whether it's food processing companies. What causes inflation? So I think the primary cause of this bout of price increases starts with COVID. And the fact that we have supply chain kinks and uh, that people rapidly shifted the demand curve so that uh, demand for services went down and demand for goods went up. Uh, so those two have forced prices up. That's part one. But what has also happened is that now that we live in an America where there's a lot more concentration in certain industries, look at the oil industry, look at uh, meat industry, look at groceries generally. Doesn't blame at all the actual cause of the problem. Now, when inflation is based on future expectations, people spend money now or, or, or uh, they, try, they invest money in riskier assets now because they're afraid inflation is going to get worse in the future. And if they, don't, uh, if they don't invest in riskier, riskier, high-yield assets, they're going to continue to lose money. And they buy stuff now because they're afraid the price is going to go up. That wouldn't happen if they believe the federal government and people like Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden were going to be serious signaling they were going to stop government spending and stop demanding the Federal Reserve print a lot of money to give to them to spend when they don't have it. But they're not doing that at all. They're signaling the exact opposite, which says to me, these idiots we voted for are actually the problems that are, are we're, we're experiencing right now, national security, immigration, energy, inflation, are all being made worse by these buffoons opening their mouths constantly. Just stop talking if you can't help. Now, you think oil, uh, you think your local gas station, you think they're uh, a, a monopoly, they, they, uh, they're screwing you over. You think they're price gouging like Geraldo, who your labradoodle knows more about economics than Geraldo. Remember, him on the, I don't know if you saw the five yesterday, folks. He was sitting there screaming about, yeah, you know, and, and then you're forced in the unenviable position of having to defend corporations like oil companies. I say unenviable because I don't owe anything to oil companies. OK, if you if you act like buffoons, you act like buffoons. Most of the most of these companies are doing woke nonsense anyway. But I do believe in facts. So here, I pulled up this Wall Street Journal article to show you here how, again, Geraldo just makes stuff up. There is no evidence whatsoever of local gas stations price gouging. None. There is no evidence of that. The journal notes that, quote, in this article called Biden's Vast Oil Conspiracy by their editorial board, they say, by the way, the vast majority of the nation's 150,000 gas retailers are mom and pop operations. Fewer than 5% are owned by refiners. Profit margins are only about 10 to 15 cents a gallon, even when prices shoot up. These small businesses aren't padding their profits. They're trying to hedge against big losses if oil prices spike. I'll note again. Again, folks, you don't have to like these people, but believing in Geraldo talking points and Elizabeth Warren talking points, I'm sorry, is a very hallmark of ignorance. It's not true. I used to bag groceries for a lady when I was a kid. She owned a gas station down the block from Key Food in Forest Hills, Queens. I asked her, I said, wow, you own a gas station? You wish to make a fortune. She said, I hardly make anything on gas. You know where they made the money? The convenience store. Right. Not on the darn gas. They don't, do you think they're, so just to be clear, Elizabeth Warren, Geraldo, and Joe Biden are blaming the oil companies. Were they blaming the oil companies when just a year and a half ago, gas was $2? I'm just asking. Was that, what were they, were they voluntarily losing money back then? No, no, they were responding to market signals. Folks, I'm sorry, but the time for stupid is over. Signals matter. And the signal these people in charge right now are sending, whether it's Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Jennifer Granholm or others, is that we are not serious. And I'm worried about it because by saying you're not serious, serious problems get more serious in the future. The way you talk about things can change the arc of history, especially when you're in a position of power. For the better or for the worse. All right. It is St. Patty's Day. It was a heavy opening segment right here. I debated playing this first because it's so hilarious. This is a viral segment. That for <laughs> it's been viral for 15 years. There's a, a news station in Mobile, Alabama. And 15 years ago in this uh uh, called Crichton, I believe the neighborhood is. There were a bunch of residents of the neighborhood who were absolutely convinced. This is a real news report that they saw a leprechaun in the tree. Now, if you're not watching on Rumble, please watch. There's a sketch 
of the leprechaun <laughs> at the end where the residents are like, this is what they look like, the leprechaun. I want you to check this. Watch it on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Here, check this out. A little bit of comic relief on St. Patty's Day. Well, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk- folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC 15's Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looks like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. Now, Guy saw that because we, I, I, at the last second, I do that, right, Joe? Threw it into the show, yeah. right, as I was downstairs. Guy was like, he sends me an R, meaning he's ready. I sent it to him right before that, so he hadn't seen it. Folks, you see the sketch of the leprechaun? You got to watch the Rumble video. You got, you, It's hilarious. Please check it out on Rumble. Fast forward through the rest of the show if you want. I don't care. I just need you to see that. But yes, they were, it reminds me of when I was a kid, there was this rumor of this statue called Dancing Mary in a cemetery that if you stared at it close to midnight, the statue would start dancing. This is mass hysteria. All of us showed up and we we're all looking. I'll never forget. I'm not kidding. We were there and we were like, it's dancing. And all someone screamed it. Everybody's like, I see it too. And then we all started running. Ah, statue wasn't dancing. It was ridiculous. So leprechaun in a tree. By the way, it's the only green shirt I could find. It's camouflage, but good salute to my friends at Folds of Honor anyway. So I don't have, I don't wear a lot of green. I'm not much of a green guy, but uh, I am, I don't know, 25, 30% Irish. Uh, who knows? My, my mom's, uh, my mother's mother. So there you go. All right. Let me get to my second sponsor. And then I want to, I get, I'm getting a lot of questions about article five. NATO, what exactly happens if a NATO country is attacked? Are we obligated by treaty, the United States, to get involved in World War III? I'm going to do a quick thing on that. China and the truckers. Something happened with the truckers yesterday that's going to really bake your bagels. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I've been getting a ton of questions. Dan, we are a party to NATO. Poland is a party to NATO. The Baltics. So what happens if Vladimir Putin launches a missile into a NATO country? NATO, as being a party to NATO, has a bunch of articles. Article 5 is one of those articles. Article 5 is an attack on one NATO country, means an attack on all, where we'd all be obligated to respond. And we are a party to NATO. So I looked around and an old friend of mine, Cully, uh, Cully Stimson, he wrote this speech March, March, March 11th. I encourage you to read it. It's, it's short, but it's very good. It's in the newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to sign up. And it very simply states, if Putin attacks a NATO country, what are our legal obligations? He goes through it in a lot of detail, but specifically on Article 5, he addresses this point, this question. Does an attack on a NATO ally require... As a matter of international law, the United States to respond with force. If a missile gets launched into Poland, do we have to get militarily involved? It's a good question. Cully's a very smart guy. He says, no, we would never agree to that. The United States, that is, obviously. As one law, uh, law of war expert recently explained to Cully, from a policy perspective, it's been important to convey the impression that we would respond to an armed attack on NATO, a NATO ally with military force. Convey the impression. However... 
Article 5 permits the United States, United States to respond in a way that satisfies its legal obligations short of sending in the armed forces of the United States to fight, such as providing military equipment or other aid. Folks, we do have a constitution that supersedes, obviously, international law, and that's a great thing that it does. We have a constitutional process for declaring war here, and Article 5 respects that. And it allows us to provide military equipment or other aid rather than directly sending troops. So anybody telling you an invocation of Article 5 means immediately. I'm not saying we should or shouldn't get involved. That's an argument we've already had. I'm just talking about specifically the treaty requirements that we have to send boots on the ground immediately. It's not telling you the truth. Um, it's a good piece and it's worth your time. These are things we really should understand as an informed citizenry. And I know you're as interested as I am because I get dude, the only reason I put it in there is because of your question. But very good question. That's how Article 5 works. Just a quick note on China before I move on to two systems of justice and the truckers here. Folks, uh, there's a lot of uh, heavy rumor mill going on about China watching, obviously, what's going on and what's in China's mind. Xi Jinping, the Chinese Communist Party right now, given that they're watching the Russian invasion of Ukraine collapse. It has. It's, it's not, they've caused a lot of death. They've caused a lot of destruction. But they haven't successfully taken the country, and they haven't even successfully taken the capital yet, Kiev, despite overwhelming numbers. China has to be watching this and saying to themselves, my gosh, would this happen to us if we were to invade Taiwan? Would we be cut out of the world, uh, the new global supply chain, the world economic market? Would we be shut out of it? Would we be, uh, would we be pariahs around the world like Vladimir Putin? I only bring that up because that would be a good thing if China were to process all this and say, maybe we shouldn't invade Taiwan because that most certainly would lead to an even bigger problem than we have now with Ukraine, obviously. And I just want you to notice their language. Officials of the Chinese Communist Party have been very delicate with their language on Ukraine. The European Union's their biggest trading partner. They can't lose the European Union. They can't. Their economy is far more tied to international markets than Russia. You don't see a lot of made in Russia stuff, right? You see a whole lot of made in China stuff. Their language on Ukraine has been very soft. They haven't come out hard against Ukraine at all. It may be a one, the one positive externality generated from this tragedy. The Chinese government reevaluating an invasion of Taiwan. Fingers crossed it would be a global disaster. So moving on, folks, the truckers, the January 6th detainees, Juicy Smallier, Antifa, and BLM. What do they all have to do with one another? Absolutely nothing. No, they actually do. They do have something. And they do have something to do with something I focused on on this show repeatedly, which is how justice isn't blind in the United States. Justice is only blind to Democrats. They're like, Democrats, I don't see nothing. You're a Democrat or a liberal or even a Republican who hates Donald Trump. Justice is totally blind to you. However, you're a conservative Trump supporter, or even a Democrat who's a Trump supporter. You are public enemy number one. Even if you're a Democrat who's not a Trump supporter and you support free speech like Glenn Greenwald, who happens to be a liberal, and Matt Taibbi, two journalists, you are public enemy number one and two. There are two systems of justice in this country. And no constitutional republic can continue on a prosperous future path where one set of citizens gets a free pass while other ones go to jail. Here's what I mean. This is a, listen, I get it that people laugh at this story, the Juicy Smollier story. Daily Wire. So Juicy was just convicted for this fake hate crime. Think Juicy'd go to jail for that? Tying up Chicago's assets, accusing people of uh, MAGA hate crimes and everything like that? Daily Wire. Juicy Smollier ordered release from jail after serving less than a week of a five-month sentence pending appeal. So Juicy... Juicy gets out after conviction. No problem for Juicy at all. Lie about Trump supporters, tie up Chicago police assets, make up a big story about a noose around your neck, being bleached, become a national laughingstock. You get right out of jail. No problem there. But I want you to notice this old op-ed by Senator Rand Paul, February 10th from 2022, about a month ago. All Americans, including those arrested in the January 6th riots, deserve due process. Why are a lot of these January 6th detainees still in jail before a potential conviction? They've been convicted of no crime. There is scant, if any, evidence at all that they present any danger to the public whatsoever. And yet you have a bunch of people in jail who identify with a movement not favorable to the leftist cancel culture brigade, the power brigade in the media and politics right now, the left. They don't like them and they sit in jail 
while Juicy, a hero to the left, sits there and walks out. Don't laugh, folks. You may say uh, different crimes, different places. Really? Because I thought crime in general was supposed to be treated the same way in the legal process, not the same sentencing, but the same way, which is due process. I thought due process was supposed to apply to both sides. So Juicy gets out. January 6th detainees, no such luck. Here's another example of this that's even more glaring and is really going to tick you off right now. So remember when Antifa and BLM were allowed to burn down Washington, D.C.? Not only allowed, they were celebrated for doing it. They burned down D.C., burned down a church, and the area in front of the church was actually painted in memoriam to BLM. Remember Black Lives Matter yeah. Plaza? No, I'm not kidding. That actually happened. Burn the street down, have the street renamed after you. Now, uh, if that happened with, let's say, uh, the Club 45 Trump group went up to Washington, D.C. and burned down a church, do you think they'd have Club 45 Plaza? No, they'd be in jail with the January 6th detainees um, sitting in a, in, a, a pre, in pretrial detention, likely for the rest of their lives in a political gulag, right? Now, maybe if they're friends with Juicy, they'd get off. I don't know. But it's weird how they weren't only allowed into D.C., they were welcomed into D.C., Antifa and BLM terrorists to burn the city down and celebrated for doing it. He had a bunch of peaceful truckers circling the D.C. Beltway, which literally circles Washington, D.C., have driven on it many times, were prevented from exiting the highway, completely, totally unethical, immoral, and potentially unconstitutional, were prevented from their peaceful right to assembly and even entering Washington, D.C., by the tyrannical D.C. overlords who are nothing but totalitarian hacks. Hat tip to the truckers for keeping this up. But here's video coverage of this yesterday and a police officer trying to explain away what he has to know in his head sounds completely, totally ridiculous. You're not allowed to exit the highway? Please explain to me where that one is in the Constitution. Check this out. And listen, I, I keep hearing you. I know no, I what legal grounds. The highway is closed. Based on We've what? closed the highway. Based on what? We do it all the time. You do it all we the do time it all the time for, for, you, you different, for different demonstrations that go on in the city. We absolutely do it all the time. So you just said it's, it's you blocking the highway, not the trucks. Is that correct? <laughs> so, yeah, we have a portion of the highway blocked. You. Uh, hey, mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> we haven't played that in like a year. It's been a while. <laughs> it's true. What is she doing back there? This goes to the police chief of the bay. What are they doing back? What? Now, believe me, Joe and I, sadly, are all too familiar with the DC Beltway. Yes, um, sir. We've been on it many times. Uh, you're not allowed to exit the Beltway if you're a truck? Based on what? Based on what? Tell me again now there are two systems of justice. Listen, I'm warning the left now. Putting on my serious hat for a moment. This is a warning. And I strongly encourage you to take it to heart. You are creating a bifurcated society of haves and have-nots. Those who have access to due process in the Constitution and those who don't. When you do that, you create a schism. That schism creates friction. That friction creates anger. Anger creates division. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing I want less than to see this division continue. We cannot possibly continue as a constitutional republic with two sets of rules. You are going to see further and further calls for people to separate, to move away from these blue states, to get away from these people, and the country is going to descend into a cycle of division it is not going to be able to escape from. I've warned you, I've warned you repeatedly, and you keep doing it. Why do they do it? Remember this video we played a few days ago? James Lindsay, who was on, was this from Tim Pool, Geek? Do you remember? It's from Tim, Tim Cast. Tim Pool's uh, it's a great show. He has a lot of good guests. He had James Lindsay on, who's been on my Fox show. Guy's a guy knows what he's talking about. He talks about how this is by design. This is how the left wants it. They don't care about two systems of justice because to them, there's one system of justice. They're the morally correct ones. You all are bad people. You Trump supporters are evil. You should shut your mouth and be repressed. I want you to listen to this again because it'll explain how this is only going to continue to get worse until these people, until these people are pushed out of power, these leftist nuts. Check this out. This is repressive tolerance. Herbert Marcuse, a leading leftist or Marxist thinker of the 1960s, writes an essay in 1965 called Repressive Tolerance. 
the argument, and I kid you not, I don't exaggerate at all. The thesis statement of the argument is literally movements from the left must be tolerated even when they're violent. Movements from the right must not be extended tolerance at all. And so this is why you see that disparity. We live in Marcuse's world. We live in the neo-Marxist architecture that this guy created. He's very influential. He wrote a book in 64 called One Dimensional Man, sold 300,000 copies in the first year, if I'm not mistaken. This stat might be, it might be over its lifetime, but I think it was over the first year. Very influential, widely credited as the most influential leftist thinker. So he laid out an architecture where the leftist line of thought is when we do it, it's good. It must be tolerated. And anybody who doesn't tolerate us is a fascist. If the right does it, it's bad. Period. It must not be tolerated. I, I wasn't exaggerating. If we pulled up the essay, you could actually find the quote that that is the thesis statement of the essay. Movements from the left must be extended tolerance. Movements from the right must not be extended tolerance. To the point, he says, do you prevent right wing people from even being able to form the thought? In other mm -hmm. words, he says this is censorship and even pre-censorship, which I'm not even sure what pre-censorship is so that the thought can not even enter their head. Thought can't even enter your head if you're on the right. If you believe in liberty and freedom. You're not even allowed to exit the beltway. Forget about a right to assemble. You're not even allowed to get out of your car. You just keep driving, you peasant. It's a hierarchy. And they want to put you at the bottom. Folks, we're running out of time. I know elections aren't going to solve everything. I know elections are ugly. I know they've been messy. I know they've been corrupt in many places. I understand that. We're running out of time to fix this, though. These people aren't removed from power immediately. Immediately, in this next election, we are going to be in real trouble. I'm not suggesting it's going to be the solution to everything. But out of all the options, that's the one right in front of us we can attempt to change right now. Got to give it a shot. Can't forfeit this place. All right, I want to get to the new rules section in a minute. You know, cancel culture. What did I tell you about yesterday? Cancel culture, cannibalistic. It's going to implode on itself. Eventually, the left eats itself with cancel culture because they run out of victims. Uh, proving my point today as if on cue. I'll get to that in a second. So you know I always talk about the new rules. You want to play by Robert's Rules of Order with the left that believes in a hierarchy and you are below them on the hierarchy. They can do what they want to you. You can't actually seek due process from them. You go right ahead. I'm not interested in that. You want to be Charlie Sykes and Jonah Goldberg from the Bulwark or whatever, and you want to sit there and spout off about how we should be cutesy time guys with the left, you go right ahead. You'll be the last ones under the guillotine. I'll bet you hope. I'm not playing that game. The new rules are in effect. And the new rules are this. Everyone gets canceled until you realize cancel culture is for idiots. So this New York Times reporter, Matthew Rosenberg, that got caught on tape by Project Veritas saying crazy things. I'm sorry, he should be fired. I don't care. I don't read the New York Times whether he's fired or not is of no consequence to me. But by cancel culture rules, you're not. A, Joe, last time I checked, the rules were clear. One screw up in your entire life caught on video, email, a tweet, or it's grounds to be fired. Those are the rules. Yeah, They're their rules. Yeah. Those rules will never change until lefties suffer the consequences. So now, because the movement is inherently cannibalistic, because people on the right give them the double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger, and they don't cancel each other anymore, they have to cancel each, they've had to cancel themselves, lefties. So now all of a sudden, they don't like that rule anymore. Here's a piece by Politico. Cancel culture becomes entertaining at the New York Times. So this reporter, Rosenberg, was caught on tape by Project Veritas talking about how his, uh, his colleagues are basically a bunch of morons and losers. He wasn't canceled yet. He wasn't fired or anything. So they say, Politico says, how to make sense of it all? Increasingly, the best response is not to try to make sense of it all. Rosenberg, Dean Baquet, and Project Veritas have given us a reminder. People sometimes say stupid things. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Oh, this <laughs> is... This is glad. so Joe and I are adults. We're both dads. He's not a father yet. will be one day, but he's a very mature uh, young man here. That's the rule we used to play by our entire lives, right? You know, forgiveness. People do dumb things. We're all inherently sinners. We do. We sin all the time, you know, move towards the path of redemption. Try not to repeat the sins over again. Right. You know, that was a, kind of a simple rule. The left is only figuring that out now, of course, because one of their own, a New York Times reporter, is under the firing line. The guillotine's waiting for him. The firing guillotine, that is. Now, all of a sudden, oh, sometimes people say stupid things. Oh, really? 
Let me wrap that up by saying I have zero sympathy for Rosenberg or anyone else. I don't care if he's fired or not. I don't read the New York Slimes. I only read them to make fun of them, as we will do in the next segment, by the way. But if you expect me to shed one tear for Matthew Rosenberg for the New York Times or anyone else who's a victim of the cancel culture they love to talk about and celebrate, you can plant a big wet one on my rump because I couldn't care any less. New rules, baby. You like cancel culture? Cancel yourselves and see how much you like it. All right. Speaking of the New York Times, how we only lose the New York Times in this show for comic relief and evidence of their vast stupidity. Here's the New York Times figuring out on March 16, 2022, just checking the date. Oh, look, it's March 17th. So this was yesterday. March 17, 2022. It's weird. We heard about this story in uh, 2019, I believe. or tw- No, 2020, late 2020. We heard about the Hunter Biden story and the laptop at the end of the election season in 2020. We heard about this story and we told you it was Hunter Biden's laptop and there was evidence of tax, potential tax issues, uh, malfeasance, potential corruption. We told you that. And yet the story was called Russian disinformation. Here is the New York Times hilariously yesterday recognizing that what we told you a year and a half ago, she goes to show if you read the New York Times three, four years later, you'll get the news. If you listen to this show, you'll get the news same day. New York Times, Hunter Biden paid tax bill, but broad federal investigation continues. Oh, it does. Interesting. It says people familiar with the investigation against Hunter said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Devin Archer, and others about Burisma and other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. Key, they were authenticated. You believe it? Joe, they were authenticated. Whoa. Finally, May, May 16, 2022. Uh, we told you they were authenticated. No one was denying the authenticity of the emails a year and a half ago. Now, all of a sudden, you're coming around? Now, why does this matter? Not to just embarrass the New York Times and show you how dopey they are. We were talking about the left strategy. I showed you Lindsay's clip, the video clip there, talking about how the left strategy of hierarchy, what they do is always to be forgiven. What you do is never to be forgiven. They have another strategy. It's not just hierarchy, making you bad people and them good people attacking the bad people. They have a drip, drip, drip strategy. We've discussed often on this show. The drip, drip, drip strategy is this. The left knows when they're deeply embedded into a scandal and they know they're not going to be able to hide it forever. So what they do is they use tools in the media like this buffoon who used to be at Politico, Natasha Bertrand, discredited, debunked, hack, pee-pee tape hoaxer, the queen of pee-pee hoaxers, a woman with the credibility of a Times Square three-card Monty uh, fraudster. Natasha Bertrand, October 19, 2020, just like I told you. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinformation, dozens of former Intel officials say. Here is a media hack with zero credibility, integrity, or dignity, dignity, laundering a false story from a bunch of fake losers pretending to be intelligence officials while acting like politicians, claiming a story we knew was true in October is fake. Of course, the story got a lot of run. The media parroted it was Russian disinformation. The story was true the whole time. It's the drip, drip, drip strategy. And it works like this. They tried it with Benghazi. They did it with the IRS story. They're going to do it with this story. They're going to do it with Spygate. Here's the way it goes down. They know they have a problem. That's used like Benghazi, for example. They blame it on a video. Nothing to do with Benghazi at all. The video story goes viral in the media. It gives the talking heads something to talk about while they digest how to sandal the scandal, the four dead bodies from Benghazi. They drag it out as long as they can. They wait about a year or so. They finally start to drip out emails about what actually happened in Benghazi and elsewhere. And then afterwards, you'll hear liberal media people talking about it today because I mentioned it on my show. They'll be like, my gosh, Dan Bongino is bringing up Benghazi again. Man, it's time to move on. Really, it's time to move We still don't know what happened over there. We still don't know what Obama was doing the night of. That's kind of weird, isn't it? We still have had no accountability for all the lies told the American people. Why people came home in freaking body bags. Now watch. They'll drip out the fact that the Hunter Biden story was authentic the whole time. 
And when conservatives bring it up, they'll say, look, we covered it a year and a half later. Drip, 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 when nobody cares. I care. That's why I don't let Benghazi go. That's why I don't let Spygate go. That's why I let none of this go. This is what they want you to do. They want you to let it go as they drag out the lies. And then one day, someone like the New York Times, because they're forced to, it's not because they're doing the right thing. It's because they're forced to. Because they know court documents will come out and they're going to look like idiots for saying it was Russian disinformation. They wait as long as they can and they finally report on it, which says to me something's going to break with the Hunter laptop case. That's why the New York Times is getting ahead of it. These people are nothing but liars. Liars and frauds. All right. uh, You know what? Let's get to this video next. Did you see this? This is a little bit of comic relief, but serious stuff too. Sky News overseas. Sky News had this editorialist on and just laced into Kamala Harris like I haven't seen in a long time, especially here where a lot of our domestic media are afraid to do that. I want you to watch and cherish every second. It goes on longer than this. I had to cut it for a minute for the sake of the show and brevity. But listen to this. This is a dressing down like I haven't seen in a long time. Check this out. To the cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away (laughs) from the presidency, the comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Her wretched performance this week has cemented her place as the worst vice president in US history. And my word, they've had a few doozies, including one who shot founding father Alexandra Hamilton. Dead? Yeah, he shot him dead. And another one who couldn't even spell potato. But you know what? Dan Quayle is a genius when compared to Kamala. After a cringeworthy performance in recent weeks, she had the opportunity to redeem herself during a vitally important trip to Poland and Romania as Russia's invasion of Ukraine plunges the region into a deepening crisis. The White House said her visit will demonstrate the strength and unity of the NATO alliance. What it actually did was demonstrate the utter ineptitude of the vice president. Sorry, folks, needed to kind of bring the temperature down a little. That's one of those holy crikeys moment. Holy crikeys. Yeah. Yeah. That is a dressing down like you. What did you call a radically incompetent nincompoop? Well said. That's how we're viewed overseas. Kind of goes back to the beginning of the show, though, on a serious note, how when you signal stupid, stupid things happen, right? Kind of see how we weave all that together. Here's what I mean, folks. Get ready. Joe's already tagged it, marking the date and the time you are going to see the next panic breakout. We saw it with Delta. We saw it with Omicron. There is a new Omicron subvariant out there, BA2, which is uh, racing across Europe. It will eventually make its way over here. We will have, as we always do, we will have another wave. It'll happen in Florida in the summer when things get hot and people go inside and respiratory d- diseases transport around in the air, better in indoor air when there's not outdoor air circulation. And the media, again, will pretend um, that they're unaware of why this is happening. They'll blame it on Ron DeSantis. They'll blame it on Ron DeSantis' dog. Um, they'll, bl- they'll, they'll use this as an excuse also to do the same crap we've already done, which has not worked. Lockdowns and masks, they have failed. In, in, they've succeeded at one thing, destroying our economy and destroying our kids' ability uh, to learn. Outside of that, they've done nothing. Here you go. Washington Post already prepping the battlefield. A COVID surge in Western Europe has U.S. bracing for another wave. They said it's picking up steam across at least 12 countries from Finland to Greece, said Eric Topol. He said there's no question there's a significant wave there. But notice the top part of this. I've read it in reverse for a reason. They said another surge may also test the public's appetite. You notice how they're, they're, here they go, they're softening you up. May test the public's appetite for returning to widespread mask wearing mandates and other measures that many have eagerly abandoned. Notice how they say that like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. As the latest surge fades and spring approaches, experts say. Here we go, folks. Mark my words, we will go right back to the same mask crap, lockdown crap that has done absolutely nothing but destroy our civilization. Watch. You heard it here first. Omicron BA2. You'll start seeing the headlines on Drudge any day now, which is another reminder. Shameless plug. I'm sorry, but get away from Drudge. 
BonginoReport.com. We appreciate it. It is a, it is a sane drug, uh, dr- uh, uh, non-drudge aggregator where you can read sane news and not crazy stuff. Drudge is like off the rails completely these days. Okay, okay we're good on time. All right, next story, Free Beacon, Washington Free Beacon is an important update here. Uh, folks, this worries me. You know, as someone who's involved in business pretty deeply myself, you find yourself involved in the legal process a lot. There's contract disputes, there's other things going on. You'll see it. If you're in business at some point, you're going to find yourself in a regulatory or legal, uh, you know, legal question. It happens all the time. What worries me is I've said before, and I'll say again, that liberals have really hijacked the justice system. They've hijacked the court system uh, and they've hijacked the court system, which is not given conservatives access. You get the justice's blind narrative. I put this in the show for a reason. Justice is constantly blind to conservatives, and that's because it's very hard to get unbiased judges anymore. It can happen, but it's very hard. Here's a Washington Free Beacon article, and you'll see why this is happening, why this leftist takeover of the court system. So Yale Law, you would think would be the, you know, the, some of the biggest geniuses in the country. These are people who will eventually make it onto the circuit courts, district courts, appellate courts, and the Supreme Court, right? Well, Yale Law, this story is it's just hilarious. They had a free speech event. They, invented, they invited people from the right, people from the left to speak at a free speech event. It was not a partisan event at all. It wasn't meant to be. So 100 or so students, Yale Law students, thought it would be a good idea to come in and start screaming and cursing like raving lunatic maniacs disrupting a bipartisan free speech event. Read the story in the Free Beacon if you want all the details about how awful these little turds were, screaming and yelling like violent maniacs. These are the same people who are going to be sitting there in black robes on a bench, potentially judging you one day in a legal dispute. You think you're going to get a fair case? I'm going to look you up on social media, find out you were a Trump supporter? Yale Law School, supposedly the best of the best. Actually, the worst of the worst. All right. On a lighter note, so I've been getting a lot of questions about this, too. Apparently, Joe Rogan or someone, some podcast, I think it was Rogan. He is the most popular podcast in the country. Someone brought up this story about Isaac Newton. Joe, did you see this predicting the end of the world in 2060? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people. This is now. This is a story from 2018. If you want to read it, you can read it in the newsletter. It's from the New York Post by Larry Gatlin. It said Isaac Newton predicted the world will end in 2060. Uh, I'll get to in a second where this kind of math comes from, but there are a lot of people taking this very seriously. Now, I want to note that even if Newton was right, and he's referring to some uh, some biblical uh, prophecies, that 2060 would quote according to the story be a new beginning may be accompanied by war and catastrophe, but ultimately the start of a new divine era. I bring this up because I was quite depressed after reading this piece until I read that. All right, 2060, if it is the end, maybe it's the start of something better on the end. Maybe it's the end of the world as we know it. I don't know, but here's where the story comes from. Newton, obviously famous, great scientific thinker, one of the legends of science, right? Here's where it comes from. So apparently some of the prophecies in the, in the Bible and other readings out there, prophecies, said that the world was going to end as we know it, 1,260 years after the founding of the Holy Roman Empire, which if you place that, as many do, according to this, uh, the reading I did of this, at around the year 800, that would mean, yes, obviously, 2060 would be the end for us. But hey, who knows? They say it's the start of a new divine era. But on a serious note, I know there's a lot going on. Uh, and I know you're all deeply concerned about what's happening in Ukraine spiraling out of control into potential global you know, nuclear war and things like that. And you're not crazy to think these things, especially with, as I discussed yesterday, Russian MPs making bizarre, insane, crazy threats about nuclear war or an MP specifically. But be prepared. That's the best you can do. And like C.S. Lewis said in that piece, folks, don't, don't, you can't live your life. We, we're all going to die. And it's best we don't know the expiration date. And as someone who went through a potentially you know, life-threatening disease before I knew what stage I was at just recently, I can tell you, once you accept the fact that you're in a little bit of trouble, you just become a problem solver and you stop worrying about where that trouble is going to lead. I'll just leave it at that. Don't obsess over the expiration date. 
Live your life. You only got one shot at it anyway. You don't know what's going to happen. And by the way, just because it was from Isaac Newton or prophecy doesn't mean it's right, but I did get a lot of questions about it. All right. Last story of the day, Randy Weingart, what we do without teachers and teachers unions. A great story in Fox News. Uh, teachers union president, Randy Weingarten. Uh, these are the teachers unions. These are the people who are destroying your kids' education, waiting for Omicron B2, BA2 to come around. Well, Randy Weingarten, mark my words. Joe already marked the date, so no need to mark it again. Randy Weingarten will call for more masks, which do not work. She'll call for more lockdowns, which not only do not work, but will destroy your kids' education. This person, there is not a single person in America who's done more to destroy, destroy your kids' future prosperity than this person, Randy Weingarten. She is a genuinely awful human being. She's also very dumb. Here is Randy Weingarten puts out a tweet in Standing with Ukraine. Uh, she says, I stand with Ukraine. Well, what's the problem with the tweet? Well, the tweet, the flag is upside down. <laughs> now, okay, that happens once in a while. You think, all right, mistake. I mean, Joe and I lived in Maryland where everybody puts the flag upside down. The Maryland flag, if you want a little cheat sheet, uh, yellow and black, up and back. And then you won't put it upside down. Matter of fact, if you watch that movie, what is it, Sea Biscuit? the Maryland flag uh, is upside down the whole movie. So it happens. Okay, Randy, we'll give you a pass. Uh, but then she tried to apologize and put out a thing called uh, We Stand With Ukraine hashtag. And then she spelled Ukraine wrong. She spelled Ukraini. I stand, we stand with Ukraini, which she then had to delete again later. There's Randy Weingarten. This is the person telling you you need to put a mask on your kid. This, yeah, I know. Come on, dude. That's it. Really, you got to get with the program on that one. That is seriously a monthly right there. This is the person telling you lockdowns work. Mask up your kids. You're all idiots. I know better. Stand with Ukraini, and she puts the flag upside down in a photo, and they had to digitally alter another flag with a bunch of them standing around with the flag upside down. Now, I'll give them a pass on the flag thing. Not stand with Ukraini. I'm sorry, Ukraini's not a place. It's not Ukraini. It's not the Ukraini. Some people call it the Ukraine. It's not the Ukraine. It's not a region. It's a country. It's not the Spade or the Portugal. It's Ukraine. Ukraine, not Ukraini. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Hey, I'm sorry. Yesterday I said Matt Palumbo was going to be on my radio show to talk about George Soros' connections to this Ukraine thing. Devin Nunes was on yesterday. Today is going to be Palumbo. Matt will be on discussing that today, so don't miss that. It's going to be a loaded radio show, too. Oh, questions, questions. You want to submit a question for tomorrow's podcast? I will submit a post right now on Locals. Go to Locals.com. Follow me. I am at D Bongino or download the Locals app and follow me. And just you can put your uh, questions in there. And you can always submit a question on the Rumble account as well. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.